because it's such a smaller crowd than the second service, I'm like, well, we need to, I need to get closer, you know, so. Yeah, getting up and down off that stage isn't as easy as what it used to be, so um, I just choose to be closer to you. Um, welcome. Happy Mother's Day. I want to know, did all the mothers that are here get a devotional? If you did not, raise your hand, and Ken will run out into the foyer. Becky did not get one over here. Christine and Jeannie, three, anyone? oh, four, four, five, okay. Oh, Bob didn't get one, six, okay. <laughs> He's such a girl. Um, but happy Mother's Day to you, and uh, I'm so appreciative. Um, I wasn't going to cry. Thank you very much, Mona. Um, <laughs> we're going to miss Dara. And uh, I could always count on her to roll her eyes. I didn't have to, because I knew that Dara was. But let me just tell you, you know, I um, could never replace Dara, you know, step into those shoes for sure. But I can take the place of rolling the eyes. So, you know, I promised Dara I will do that faithfully. And I got a text message from Shayla and said she, she will be a part of that too. So we already, we already do it, right, Shayla? <laughs> so anyways, happy Mother's Day. Um, yes, if you did not, up here, Ken, right up here. And Kristen, you got one? Yeah, okay, right here. Um, Jeannie and, and, and Christina, Christine, and then, did you get one? Okay, did you get one, Becky? All right, wonderful. Um, normally we give chocolates, um, but last year because of the pandemic, obviously we couldn't do that. And so last year what we did was Pastor and I personally um, sent you a, a mother's, a uh, Big B uh, certificate that you could go get a $5 Big B. I don't, I don't know if you can get a $5 Big B, at least a cup of coffee. Obviously you can't get your specialty drink, right, Carrie? You can't get your specialty drink for $5, but... You know, a small, okay. Well, that's not good. But anyway, so this year, as I was praying, I was like, well, Lord, you know, okay, so what do we do for our moms, you know, again? Richard and I were talking on the way in. He called his stepmom while we were driving in and talked to her for a little while. And, and I said, you know, I mean, I, you know, his, his sister had gone over yesterday and taken her a gift and spent some time with her. And I'm sure he, she's going to get phone calls today from her other um, stepchildren, but, you know, I mean, I said, you know, sometimes I think just the voice of the person on the other end of the phone is just as much as a gift, you know, and, uh, but, you know, sometimes, though, you know, so you just wonder, okay, so what do we get? For somebody who has everything, you know, what do you get? And, and I think the, the, the gift of presence, not presence, but the gift of presence you, understand, you hear the difference? I know I'm from the South, but you can hear the difference. Um, is so valuable, or the gift of hearing is so valuable. But this year, this, this came across my desk one day, and I was looking at it, and I get all kinds of things in the mail, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this, and, you know, some, and I have to look at it very carefully because not all of it um, agrees is in line with my doctrine. <laughs> so I don't want to be giving something that doesn't line up with my doctrine. And uh, so I, um, 
So anyway, I looked at I looked this one over and over. This is from um, CTA, and I can't remember what CTA stands for. Christian something. Christian what? Christ, Christ to all. Okay, great. So I looked I looked at looked into it, and the first thing that caught my eye was the stickers. I mean, come on, who doesn't like stickers? So, anyways, and I'm a journal person, and this one is a journal. But as I was looking through it, I was like, oh, this is so good. This will be really good. So, but today, as I was preparing my message, um, actually, the Lord gave me my message like over two months ago. And, but as I was preparing for it, um, one of the devotionals that's in here really stuck out to me. And so, if you will turn to, it doesn't have, oh, yes, it does, page, um, let me tell you, I'll tell you here just a second because I've got it all written up. Page six. And for those of you that have one, if you're sitting next to someone that doesn't have one, share with your spouse or boyfriend um, or friend, maybe you're sitting next to someone that doesn't have one, maybe they can share along with you. But we're going to get to that a little bit later. But in the meantime, there's space there that you could take notes in. Isn't that good? So, um, yes, yeah, so we do honor Dara, who's in heaven today. Um, and I'm sure she's rejoicing around, I, well, not sure, I know that she is rejoicing around the throne, and it's just been a moment, a second, since she's been there, and she's having a blast, and she's rolling her eyes, although all things are perfect in heaven, so I don't know what she would have to roll her eyes there at, but anyway. All right, so as I was uh, just praying one day, um, just coming, you know, doing my fellowship with the Lord and just talking with him, I heard him say these words to me. I've got this, so you can let it go. I was like, really? You sure? Because I can handle this, you know. I mean, I, I got this too. And he just said to me, he says, I've got this, so you can let it go. The next thing he said was, rest in me. Relax. Rest in me. Relax. And I thought, well, you know, God, I trust you. Really? No, really. I trust you. You've got this. Yeah, I trust you. But the rest in me, relax, is what really spoke volumes to me. So several years ago, in 1997, actually, I was, um, it was, we were getting ready to enter into the new year. And I think it was either New Year's Eve or it might have been New Year's Day of 1997, and I woke up, or sometime throughout that day, I heard this voice say, spend as much time with your children this year because you will die. Now, my first reaction was, say what? And then my second reaction was, that is a lie. You know, the scripture says, Jesus tells us that my children know my voice. My sheep know my voice. We have sheep. Um, we have two sheep, actually. We don't have a herd. We have two sheep <laughs> and two goats. Um, but whenever we go out into the yard, they could, they could be in the barn, in the shelter. And as soon as we go out into the yard and start talking, they know our voice. I mean, they are out, meh, 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 I mean, loud, and I'm like, oh, please, we just fed you, you're just fine, you're okay, really. Sheep know their shepherd's voice. 
And so when I heard that, you know, all kinds of, you say, well, how, you know, why did you hear that? If, you, if God is in you, why are you hearing the end? Listen, we get all kinds of voices that come at us and things that we hear. And, you know, it wasn't from down here that I heard that. It was up here that I heard that. And uh, so I knew immediately that it was not the voice of the Father God because God does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. But the enemy, Satan, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So immediately I went to war, and I, uh, I began to look up Scripture. I mean, I knew Scripture, but I wanted a foundation. I mean, I, I had a foundation, but I wanted to know that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. And not only that, that my mind knew that it knew that it knew that it knew that it knew what God's Word said about my health, about what Jesus had done for me. So I began to look up scriptures. One's like out of Psalm 118 and verse 17 that says, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Or how about this one, Psalm 107 verse 20 that says, He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. We were healed. And I like what Fred Price says, that if we were healed, then we are healed. And if we are healed, then we is healed. I mean, I'll take whatever English language you want to use, you know, however verbiage you want to use it. I were, I are, and I is. And so all year long, I took that took those scriptures every day and I meditated on them. I didn't beg God and ask God, oh God, please, please, please don't let me die because his word always already said, I will live and not die. So I didn't have to beg God about it, but what I had to do was renew my mind and I had to shut up that voice. And in the meantime, I didn't tell pastor about it because I, what I didn't need was I didn't need him to, every time I had an ache and pain go, are you Okay. Are you all right? What's going on? You know, what's happening? You know, and, and so I didn't need to hear that. I mean, I trust him. I know him. But, you know, whenever you're fighting a battle, and, and sometimes you're, you're fighting a battle, and, and sometimes you grab somebody and you say, fight this battle with me. And sometimes you just got to fight the battle. Sometimes you just got to get into the word, and you got to fight the battle. You got to, you know. And, and plus, the other thing was, his mother was dealing with cancer at the time. And so I didn't, I didn't want, you know, being the good wife that I am, I didn't want to add an extra burden onto him. You know, I'm the saint. <laughs> so, so, I, so I kept it to myself. Well, a year comes and goes. January 1st, 1998. Ah, I'm still here. I'm not dead. What do you think about that? And... I went to him and I said, hey, I just want you to know something. This is what I dealt with this past year. What? Why didn't you tell me? I said, exactly. That's why I didn't tell you. So we go through the year and around October, around, I don't know, late, late summer, whatever, I go in for my mammogram. It's a thing we, we women do. We suffer through it. And uh, I go in for it and I get the results back. They find a spot on my left breast. I said, okay, fine. They said, it's probably nothing, but we want you to come in for a second one. And 
and there it was again. It wasn't a glitch on the film. There, was, there it was again. So I said, okay. By this time, his mother's deep into breast cancer. No, lung cancer. Breast cancer. Yeah. And I thought, okay. You know, but I, by this time, he knows. <laughs> you know, I can't keep that from him. So we, we, go, we, go to, we go to war again, and we say, you know, I, we declare by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And, you know, the thing is, I had already fought that battle. But I can't tell you that in the middle of all of that, in that, in that 1997 year, that there weren't times that I was distressful because that voice was very loud and clear. And I can't tell you that during, from the time that I had my mammogram and, and then I had surgery and then the time we got the results, that, that there weren't times that thoughts didn't come to me. But the thing is, what are you going to do with those thoughts? Right. And so as, as we're going through the process and I end up going in for surgery and they, they, take, they do a biopsy and, and you know, and, and, and again, his mother's dealing with, with the same, you know, with cancer. And so we go in, in for the results and, and the nurse comes in and, you know, we're sitting there looking at each other and the nurse comes in and, and she says, you know, he's probably already told you it's, it's negative, right? And, and and I said, oh, no, he didn't tell us. Well, thank you very much, nurse. You know? And I look across the room, and I just see him go, <sighs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, he was carrying this a lot more than what I thought. He was really, he was just, he was really, I mean, thank you for being relieved, you know, but I didn't realize how much that he was carrying this. But, you know, so on the other end of it, we had victory, you know, and no matter what would have happened, we had victory because... You know, God, you know, in the end, God wins. But I wasn't ready to, to move on into the next race. I was ready to stay here in this race. And uh, so, you know, we, you know, as we went through that, there were times that, you know, there was distress. There was times that, you know, I, I look at Carol here. I'm sure, you know, she's dealt with, with breast cancer in the past. And there was distressful times. And I'm sure that at, at times there's, other, there's times that you think, oh, my gosh, you know. And we all have been through situations that we look like. It might not be medical, but it could be financial. It could be, um, it could be another physical thing that you're dealing with. It could be uh, kids. Hello. <laughs> you know, when I started out putting this sermon together, I was like, okay. I, you know, because I use a format. My story, your story, God's story. And those that preach here, the young, young guys know, I want to hear your story. Yep. Right, Stephen? That's the first thing I say is tell me your story. So, you know, and, and when I sat down to do this, I'm like, okay, I need, a, I need a story about times that we were in distress. And you guys have all heard his stories. <laughs> so I'm like, I need a new story about times that, we, that I was in distress. And as I was sitting there thinking about them, I'm like, Really? Was that distressful? Was that hard? Was that, was that really that difficult? Was that, you know, I mean, 25 years now past, you look back and you go, that wasn't so bad. I, 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 I lived. Right. <laughs> we got through it. I'm stronger. You know, I'm better. I'm, so what was so stressful? But whenever you're in the middle of it, yeah. it's distressful. You know, and so as Pastor was saying, you know, we, those of us who have been given mercy, we need to show mercy. Because I think sometimes as believers, we forget. We forget what it was like. We forget how hard it was to struggle through bad habits. 
We forget what it was like to go through addiction. We forget what it was like to, to um, have lustful thoughts, or maybe you don't forget that because you still do it, but you know, we forget what it was like to give in to temptation right. all the time. We forget, you know, some of these teenagers that are sitting back here, you know, I look at them and I go, oh gosh, yeah, I remember that. You poor thing. <laughs> just hang on. You're going to get through it. It'll be just fine. You know, because, you know, but sometimes I, sometimes I do look at them and I go, you stupid idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Come on, we've already been through that. We're here to tell you, you don't have to do that. But sometimes they do. And, and, as, and as a person who's already been through all of that, I have to look at them and go, honey, it's going to be okay. You will live and not die. We're going to get through this. We'll be here to help you however we can. But the good news is you don't have to do it. But the other good news is you're going to make it. You know, so, you know, but we, so we need to show mercy. We need to remember. So sometimes we forget about the hard, the struggle that, you know, as, as they say in, uh, um, what's that movie with, um, you're, we're in a, we're in a tight spot. Oh, oh, oh brother, where art thou? Anybody ever see that movie? Yeah, my relatives wrote that. And they acted in it. They starred in it. That's who, that's who we are. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, every time we're in a tight spot, that's distress. That's distress. But so what do we do? How do we, how do we get to, you know, like I said, I mean, you've been through all of that. You know that. And you might be sitting here today going, <laughs> you don't know. That rock is really hard on me now. It's, I mean, I can't even see out from underneath the rock. It's bearing down on me so hard. I don't even know if I can lift this rock up. I don't know how this rock is going to break apart. I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know. You know, you might be sitting here thinking that. You might be thinking, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. I don't know what it's going to be like on the other end. I don't know where I'm going to be or where we're going to be or what's going to happen. So we all have a story. Many of life experiences of that gut feeling something isn't right. Nights of warfare, praying without ceasing, crying out to the Father God. I remember nights of just crying out to the Father God for my children and saying, God, God, help them do something. Where are you in this situation? Where have you been in this situation? Are you ever going to show up in this situation? Just crying out to him. You know, and, and I learned a lot from the psalmist that he comes before God and he says, oh God, oh my soul, why are you just disquieted within me? Why are you cast down? Hope in God. And he cried out to God and he said, God, don't you hear? Don't you see? Don't you understand? But by the end of the psalm, he's looking up and he's going, yet I will praise you. Yet I will rejoice in you. Yes, yet I will give glory to you. The definition of the word distress, just the mention of the word, hearing the word, you can get distressful. <laughs> but as a noun, it means pain or suffering effect, affecting the body, a bodily part, or the mind, trouble. As a verb, it's a painful situation, a misfortune. 
a state of danger or desperate need. The Bible definition, I like this, in the New Testament, and I think that somebody must have, whoever wrote, oh, brother, where art thou, must have gone to the New Testament in the Bible and looked up distress and said, oh, I like that. The definition in the New Testament is tight spot. We're, we're, t we're, we're boxed in here. In the Old Testament, it's stomach, belly, anguish. And you, and you might, you know, in Proverbs it says that, it talks about that, um, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it talks about that how healing comes from within. And that, how that, because, why is that? Because I believe that our spirit man is from here to here. And so whenever we're in anguish, our spirit man is struggling and saying, reach out to God, reach out to God. So that, you know, we call that attention, not attention, we call that tension because it's pulling, it's pulling. And so our spirit man is saying, you know, the world, life is happening, we're struggling. Our spirit man is saying, cry out to God. And God is saying, cry out to me. And we've got this tension. So we've got this gut feeling something's not right. Something isn't, something isn't going right. And, you know, as, as mothers, as women, we call that women's intuition. You know, men just go, eh, you were drinking something or eating something. Just rest for a little while. You'll be okay. I don't know. Do men have intuition? Yeah. It's called the spirit, right? Yeah. Gets you in trouble, yes. So, um, we all have a story of loss, sorrow, lack, mental distress, physical issues, family trouble. Here's the truth. A lot of the times, a lot. Now, I'm not saying this is all the time because there are situations that we get into that, you know, we couldn't, it's not of our own accord. But, I want to say most of the time, when we get into distress, it's because we put ourselves there. We put ourselves there. So you're saying that my physical issues are my fault? Um, sometimes. Sometimes they are. You know, are you moving? Are you eating healthy? What's your thought life like? So sometimes, yes, financial, you're saying, so my financial problems are all my fault. I'm in distress financially because it's my fault. Uh, yeah. My kids, you're saying, because of the way they're acting, it's all my fault. Uh, no, not all, but maybe some. And so that's where you have to go back and you have to repent and say, I'm sorry I didn't handle this correctly. I didn't do this right. So from here on out, we're going to do it God's way. You know, so, but most of the time, the re relationships, well, he made me do it. Uh, no. Well, she made me do it. No. Relationships. We put ourselves into those situations. We got into those situations. So if it wasn't the right relationship, we caused that distress. We did that. So a lot of times, 
we're the ones that are causing the distress. But the good news is God made a way of escape for us. Let's, I want you to turn with me to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, because we are going to use the Bible this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Thank you. It's gonna, I hope you say that whenever I'm done. Oh, boy. And I'm, I'm reading it out of the Living Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 13, but remember this, the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Sometimes I think we think we're the only ones that have dealt with this. Many, many others have faced exactly the problems that, you, that are before you. And no temptation is irresistible. <gasps> You're like, oh, God, help me, you know. No temptation is irresistible. Now, there are some temptations that call, come my way that I'm like, oh, that's not <laughs> but, but then, But this is the thing. I'm never tempted by that. I'm always tempted by something that I want. Yes? Yeah. Pastor last night mentioned ice cream. Oh, yeah. I'm like, heck yes. Why not? So what, I haven't eaten lunch today. Ice cream, yes. Salad, no. <laughs> Why? Because ice cream is a temptation to me. Now, if he would have mentioned, I don't know, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, no thank you, no temptation there. But ice cream, yes, that's a temptation. Shopping, yes, that's a temptation. So there are those things that are, you know, there is no temptation that is not irresistible. All to, it, it wouldn't be a temptation if it was not irresistible. You can trust God to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. For he has promised this, and he will do what he has said. He will show you how to escape temptation's power so that you can bear up patiently, patiently against it. Let's talk about a few people in the scripture who were in a rock and a hard place, real quick. Joseph, his brother sold him into slavery. Uh, that's a rock and a hard place. Daniel, in the lion's den. Hello. Rock and a hard place. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's talk about some women. The woman at the well, John chapter 4. The woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. Now, this woman was in a rock and a hard place. She was a Samaritan. Samaritans were cast out. They were part Jew and part other. So they were cast out of their... They weren't accepted amongst the Jews. And so she... So anyway, so they lived in, a, they lived in Samaria. And uh, Jesus was passing through Samaria. This is a woman who... She came to the well in the late afternoon after all the other women... The women came... The other women would come in the early morning... To get, to get their water. Why? Because it's in the cool of the day. And they carried jugs, whether it was on a pole across their shoulder or they carried it on their head. You know, they, they didn't have a wheelbarrow and, you know, handles. They did it the hard way. So in the cool of the day, they're, they're coming to the well, Jacob's well, their father's well. And, but she, because of her life, 
that she chose to live, having many husbands, and the one that she was living with now was not her husband. She was an outcast all the more. So even her outcast community wouldn't even accept her. She was an outcast within an outcast. She was in a hard place. Now, of her own choosing, obviously. Jesus comes to the well, and he says, give me to drink. And of course, you can read the whole thing there. We're not gonna, I'm not going to read it today. But in the end, she finds out that he is the true water, that he is the one who gives life, that he is the one who knows all. And it changes her life immediately. And she runs back into town where she's an outcast, into the outcast town. She runs back into the town, and she says, come and see the one who has told me everything, the first evangelist. Changed. No longer was she in distress, but now she was free. How about Martha? Let's talk about Martha for a minute. Again, Mary and Martha, sisters, Martha put herself into, she put herself into distress. She was busy. And, and, and you know, we would look at her and go, oh, how sweet of Martha to serve us. How, how nice of her to do this for us. This is awesome. But also then, she was angry because her sister was not helping her. So she put herself in distress. And Jesus said to her, Martha, you're encumbered. You're worried. You are, you're doing this to yourself. Your sister has chosen the better thing because Mary was sitting at the feet. So how do we go from a rock and a hard place to knowing who Jesus is. Real quickly, I want you to look at this passage out of Isaiah 53 and verse 5, and on page 6 in your journal, for those of you that have that. Isaiah 53, verse 5 in the King James, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I want us to look at a couple of words here. The word transgression means trespass, sin, and rebellion. Now, we can handle sin because we, you know, I think we're all believers in here. We all know that we were born in sin. We needed a Savior. That was Christ. The word rebellion, though, is one that we struggle with. I would never rebel. Well, right there, you just did because that's a spirit of pride. We have to humble ourselves before God and come to him. So, but Christ was wounded for our transgressions, our rebellion. Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and come short to the, of the glory of God. And the next word that I want us to look at is iniquities. Iniquities is mischief, perversity, depravity, guilt. Have you, any, has anybody in here ever felt guilt? Have, have you ever felt guilty? Guilty. I mean, I have guilt come on me every day because of my past that I, that, I, that I deal with, that I just have to look at it and say, no, that's forgiven. Jesus bore my iniquity. He took my iniquity upon him. Romans 7, 17 and the, and, uh, the Passion Translation. Oh, I guess I got to look that one up. Okay, we're going to look that one up real quick, like the Passion Translation. 
the the t the passage there we go and we're looking at romans chapter 7 romans comes after acts share it and we're looking at verses 17 verse 17 romans chapter 7 verse 17 one of my favorite verses uh sets of verses paul here he says um you know he's talking about the law and how that really the law that was given to the jews nobody could fulfill it you know that's why at every year or every day they had sacrifices at the temple because nobody could really fulfill the law there was nobody on earth that could do that but god sent jesus who was the ultimate sacrifice that when we say yes to him now we are forgiven of our sin and we could take that blood of jesus every day in our lives and say we could come as i think chuck said it we could come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy in the time of need i am needy every day lord i need you every hour i need you and so um paul here he's talking about how that that there are things that he says in verse in verse 17 he says now i realize that no longer am my true self doing doing it but i'm unwelcome intruder of sin in my humility for i know that nothing good lives within the flesh in the flesh the longings to do what is right is within me but willing but the willpower is not enough to accomplish it we were just talking about this yesterday weren't we tia i want to exercise i want to get in in shape i want to feel healthy but the willpower within me sometimes just is not there it just isn't there i understand what paul is saying I don't want to think bad about other people. I don't want to talk about other people. I don't want to gossip about other people, but sometimes it's just there. And you know, sometimes you make it so easy to do that. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Sometimes you just make it just too easy to talk about you. And so I, I can't help myself. It's just there. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Verse 22, truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. Truly, that's what I want to do. I want to, I'm in a tight spot here. I want to do what's pleasing to God, but man, I'll tell you what, my flesh is crying out really, really loud. Oh, sorry, I have to stop. To be continued. <laughs> Verse 25, I give, all, I give all my thanks to God for his almighty power has fully provided a way out through Jesus our Lord, the anointed one. So if I left to myself the flesh, if I, if, so if I, if, if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. So now the case is closed. 
There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Christ, the anointed one. And I like how it says in the Amplified Version that there's no condemnation in Christ who follow after the Spirit and do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So how do I get out of distress? How do I do that? Sharon, I'm distressful today. I'm in distress. How do I get out of distress? Look up. Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. Look up. Because in Christ is all of the answer that we need. In Christ is the rest that we need. In Christ is the peace that we need. If you go on down through there out of Isaiah 53, it says, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. Or it says there that, and the peace, and his peace, his peace is what comes upon us. You and I, in distressful times, we can go through, I like what it says in, in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. I'm not stopping and camping in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, David understood that because he was a shepherd. Sheep do not like shadows. If there's a shadow on the floor, they stop. If there's a way to get around it, they go around it because they think that that shadow is a hole and they're not going to go into it. So if a sheep knows, <laughs> listen, if a dumb animal knows that not to stop in the valley of the shadow of death, how much more you and I need to know, we need to look up to the one who is our great shepherd and we need to say, okay, shepherd, I'm not going to stop and die here in this shadow. But I'm going to go around the shadow and go through the valley. I'm coming out on the other end. I want to tell you this morning that you're coming out on the other end. As long as you don't stop, do not stop. If you don't stop, then you you won't be in distress. But if you, if, you will be in distress, but the thing is you're going to go through it. And you're going to go through it with strength, dignity, peace. Yeah. Amen? Let's all stand. Father God, I pray, Lord, this morning, as we recognize, Lord, this morning, our deep need is calling out to your great grace this morning. Father, we're in distress today. But Lord, we know (laughs) that Lord, we can come boldly and we can come gracefully and we can come knowing that Lord God, that you are our strength giver. You enable us. And so Father, all over this room today, Father, I just speak your ability your ability, Father, into these people, Father. From the smallest, littlest, youngest, teenager, middle age, old. Father, all of us, Lord God, I speak your ability, Father, within them, Lord. I thank you that according to Jeremiah, you said that you give us a hope and a future. You give us a hope 
not a hope so, I hope this works out, but Father, that there's actually, Lord, there is an answer. And so, Lord God, I thank you that you have equipped us. Lord, stir that up within us. Stir that within us, Father. Remind us who we are. Remind us who we really, really, really are in you, Father God. Remind us of what your word says about us. Father God, I thank you that you're stirring that in us today. In Jesus' name. Chuck, you want to come? Wow. Thank you, Sharon. I know that, that there are those here.